This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None except. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. All right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let's not waste any time. No need to beat around the bush. <laughs> the offense was, uh, as my man Matt Butler texted us in our Longhorn Blitz group text, fugly as I was texting uh, the group some numbers from the press box on exactly. Saturday. 17-10 loss to TCU. We'll talk about that. We'll get you ready for Kansas on this latest edition of the podcast. First off, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just thank you so much for being a part of this week's presentation, a decade and going strong on Longhorn Blitz. Get this anywhere you get your podcasts. Search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button. Get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Get over to Horns 24-7. The latest and greatest in Longhorn team news, notes, and nuggets. The best recruiting coverage in the Texas market with Mike Roach and Hudson Standish. It's also where you can find this podcast is at Horns 247.com uh, or uh, get it every weeknight uh, or every every Tuesday or when Tuesday night, excuse me, uh, on uh, 104.9 The Horn in Austin. Or, or we're on Wednesdays yeah. now. We're on Wednesdays, That's 7 right. o'clock Wednesdays. Uh, I just screwed that up. 7 o'clock Wednesdays uh, on The Horn. Uh, that's 1049 1019 AM 1260 streaming on your Horn app and at hornfm.com. I was thinking about an email I read earlier today. So my bad. Yeah, during basketball it, yeah, season. During basketball season just, uh, just subscribe to the podcast. That's the you best might way get to do it. During basketball one time when you yeah. tune in. Uh, let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz and, daily, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. A little cold. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> well, we always talk about us being cold in here. I've, I've got my hands in my. Uh, Sweater, I sweater, got mine in my hoodie, my, my jacket. Why the hell did it take me so long to come up with the word jacket? Because it's cold. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it, does, it, does, it affects your thinking. It, it does. does. It I actually hate, does. Yeah, I've got my hands. Games outside in the cold. They've, and hating it. They've done studies. It does affect your thinking. That's why it, it's a it's a home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it will be for Kansas. I think it's gonna be cold up there. Yeah, it was it's cold be like thirty something up there. Texas, yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to getting in the heat wave up there. Uh, a man who's played in the cold. Exactly. Well, that's how I know. Yeah, I was stupid at times playing at Soldier Field. <laughs> or Lambo. Or Lambo. I was an idiot out there. Like, why'd you forget your assignment? It's cold. Uh, you also played in Minnesota. Got it right. Lincoln, Nebraska, in the fall. Oh, like, it's been man. there's been some places where he's been Dude. cold. Uh, he wears many hats for uh, for the Horn, including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie with Mike Harge each and every weekday from three to seven. Uh, but he is our lockdown corner here 
on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that team ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American auto recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thank you for the intro, brother. Uh, Rod, the Texas offense couldn't even muster enough points to reach your jersey number on uh, Saturday night. 17-10. Can we just talk about the defense first? Like, oh, let's yeah. get, Can we get the good, no, we get should. The good out of the they way? They deserve before, it, man. They yeah. deserve their props. No um, that, that was an offense, gentlemen, that came into the game averaging 43 points per game, averaging about 7.4 yards per play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hold them to 283. On 283 or 289 total yards? 289. It was 289. 68 at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> you, basically, you basically cut their total yardage uh, average in half uh, close to it, and then you also basically cut their, what were they coming in averaging, what, over 41 points per game? You got into 17? Yeah. Yeah, yeah come on, man. 3.9 per play? Yeah, yeah 3.9 per play. They came in averaging over 7, 7 yards per play. 7.4. Yeah, man. Uh, you did just, a, just an incredible outing by the incredible. Texas defense. Unbelievable. Rod, what did you think of young Terrence Brooks out of corner? Uh, I thought he did really well. I mean, it, I, I compare it because we saw him earlier in the year, and I forget what game. Off the the Iowa State game where he got thrown in the Iowa State game. We saw him earlier this year, and he looked like, he was trying to drink through a fire hose. Like he was just, you could tell he was overwhelmed. It, everything was moving way too fast for him. This game, that was not the case at all. They did have the bust uh, downfield, him between him and Anthony Cook, and we can get into that later. So you did have that bust. But other than that, man, he was pretty sound. And you know what helps out a young corner in coverage? Pressure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Constant pressure on the opposing quarterback, and they got that. They had a blitz rate close to thirty three percent. They were even doing some early down run blitz, and I mean they were really getting after TCU. You can tell they had a detailed scouting report from GP, but you can also tell that PK uh, had those guys ready to play, dialed up. Jade Barron, I mean he's probably the MVP. Had three and a half tackles for loss. Like he, he kept you in the game. Like destroyed. <laughs> Just, they, like TCU had no perimeter game. Their screen game, it yeah. was. Not the wide screen didn't do anything. Uh, I talked about it going into the game. Darius Davis and Tay Barber, they were 1-2 in the Big 12 in yards after the catch per mm-hmm. reception. Smothered. Guys. Smothered. Seven catches for three yards between the two of them. Suffocated, man. Every time. I yeah. mean, those guys. I, I mean, I, I was worried at times because they were so aggressive. They would try to get them with a stalk block and go or a double mm-hmm. move. There was no time for Duggan. I was like, well, you can't get a double move in there. There's no time. Yeah. <laughs> By the time anybody cleared open deep downfield, there was somebody in Duggan's face. And the one time they really didn't get it was kind of one time they connected downfield. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that, Rod, you talked about the blitz rate. Matt, you, you, I know you were going through Bill Connolly's numbers. He mm-hmm. had the blitz rate close to 40%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Whatever it was, uh, that was the one thing I noticed, man. Like, a lot of times you'll see Texas, like, they'll show a five-man pressure or a six-man pressure mm-hmm. and then drop out of it. Yeah. They weren't dropping out of nothing on no. Saturday. Just if they were showing five, they brought five. They it showed six, they brought six. It was good. I liked it. Yeah. I, think they should I do did it too. I loved often, it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that all year. Yeah. Like, man, yeah. the best way, I think the best way to help that secondary, don't ask them to cover for five, six seconds. Yeah. And you got a really good D line that can beat one on one block. So why not help that or at least exacerbate that advantage? Yeah. By just having blitzing guys through the interior gaps. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. If you look just on pass plays, uh, it was the second most blitzes that Texas brought all season. It was mm-hmm. 37.1% of pass plays was a blitz rate based. Okay. And the most was Iowa State. This is according to Bill Conley's numbers, had it at 40%. 
Then against Bama was the third most at 30.4. Other than that, you had other games against West Virginia and OU at 25 and 25 and a half. The others were all in the teens. But Iowa State ripped you, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, Much improved here. Yeah, exactly. Because you really they were not successful blitzes versus Iowa State. Hunter Deckers picked you apart. But they, they were really successful versus Max Duggan. Yeah. Blitz packages. Uh, the thing that I like, too, that I think this just kind of sums up how the defense kept you in the game. You, you were obliterated in the field position battle. I mean, that's one of the reasons why the yes. offense kind of struggled to get on track was – there were yes. several drives, especially in the first half, where they're coming off the goal line. But and T- TCU had four straight possessions that started in plus territory, and they only got a field goal out of that. Oh yeah, uh, I believe you're talking about. So basically, uh, I believe it was four, the 49 to 44, 36, 34, and 38. Yeah, right? the yes. average start and field position advantage was 12 and a half <laughs> held yards. Them, held them scoreless on drives that basically started. <laughs> yeah, you're Texas right, Rod. The field goal didn't come on that sequence. Yeah, yep. they, they missed the field goal. Yeah, now Texas 44, they had one on started at 36, one started at 34, and one started at 38, and they still held them scoreless. I, I mean, that's, it really was. That was an amazing game. It was a championship game plan, it was mm-hmm. champion, and it was executed at a championship level. Yeah, and Texas has been a team that has been really bad at field position all season long. Mm-hmm. And if you look at them right now, net field position on the season, 97th. And if you look, uh, yeah, overall the defense being put in scenarios, 116th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy considering how much talent you have at returning. too. Yeah. And that is because Texas, doesn't, they prioritize the blocks at times in punt mm-hmm. return yeah. over the actual return. Yeah. So, and, and we saw that come lot. back to bite them in this game, too. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, honestly, guys, so other than the Keelan Robinson kick return the other night, and you get the black field goal. The splash here. Well, no, I'm just talking about the return game in oh, general. Return game, okay. Other than the key, the Keelan Robinson kick return and the couple of times we've seen Xavier Worthy, and it's always it's an adventure when Xavier Worthy's on punt returns because you don't know when he's going to let one bounce and then try to pick it up <laughs> on the hop and run with it. Uh, but the the return game, Rod, it's been I don't want to say non-existent, but it's been lacking all year. But they don't prioritize it. Yeah, they want to go after punts. Yeah, so we'll I mean, talk about that here in a little. Yeah, bit, that's what too. they prioritize. So well, you you know you, you get what is it? You get what you emphasize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want punt blocks, you get punt blocks, mm-hmm. but you don't really care about returns at all. No. Yep, you yeah. deal with the risk reward that comes from it. Exactly. No, but let's go ahead and talk about uh, defensively. The, the two big runs, the Kendra Miller, the two big plays, the Kendra Miller touchdown. Where were there were three big plays? The Kendra Miller touchdown run, mm-hmm. Quinn Johnson uh, touchdown, receiver. which was uh, it, it looked real similar to the the Jace McClellan touchdown run mm-hmm. in the uh, in the Alabama game. Mm, that's very okay. I like you on that. Yeah, you're right about that. Just it's just you just had a complete breakdown. It was at a the, bad at run the wrong fit. time. Yeah, yep. Tuck. I don't know exactly what he was reading, but he he obviously saw that left guard pull and assumed that the left guard was pulling to a play, to the play side. Uh, they basically kind of ran a zone concept where. That gap that that right guard pulled from, and that right tackle kicked out, and Tuck took those two steps over. Mm-hmm. That's all Kendra Miller needed to see. He saw yeah. that hole. I'm I'm more I'm not upset about that. That happens. I mean, they're a great team. Uh, man, we gotta have somebody be able to catch that guy. I know yeah. he's fast, but yeah. damn, Texas defense looks slow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you look really slow when guys break you know eighty yard runs on you yeah. know stuff like that, sixty and yard runs or whatever. It felt like it, I was waiting for a player to come from the other yeah, side. Yeah, other side, like, like angle. Like, it was like they're all trailing him already. And stop and him on the three of the five. Like, all right, give yourself a chance. That never happened. He was gone. Yeah, I'll give Jalen Ford credit though. He walked down Jalen Thompson. 
Yeah. <laughs> I went looking at who was going. I was like, damn, Jalen Ford called Jared Thompson on the play. Hey, Jalen Ford's a beast. Yeah. yeah. I put some money on the tape for the NFL teams. Uh, yeah, He's no doubt. In speed yeah, he did. No, he really was. He, he looked he was faster than our safeties. It looked like I'd love to see them race side yeah. by side. So there was the there was the touchdown. That was the touchdown run. Uh, you had the twenty nine yarder to Quentin Johnson. Was that on the third and sixteen? Uh, where they ran yeah, a little. Early in the game. Uh, oh, ran, yeah, yeah. They ran a burst route. They ran mm-hmm. the same concept that K-State ran. Yep. Yep. Basically, it's the same concept. Uh, Link, actually, Lincoln Raleigh is, I believe, considered to be the innovator of what he calls the burst. Some people call it a hesitant slant. Yeah, that basically, was the starburst that he, he called back in the day. Yes, yeah, but he calls it a burst straight up. Uh, like a starburst, they refer to like a bunch formation. He calls it a burst, meaning like it's basically a hesitant slant. Like you run a double move, you run a, a hitch route, but then you run the slant after that double move. So it's basically, a, a, some extent call it a hesitant slant, but he calls it a burst route. That's exactly what K-State they scored on a 25 yard to Warner. Yep. It, it was his burst concept. They ran stacked twins with it. Uh, it. One receiver ran to the seven route, and then both, because it's a loophole in pattern match coverage, both of the DBs, the safety in the corner, they take the out route, and then, you know, boom, he ends up wide open mm-hmm. uh, in that void. And that's exactly right. So it's kind of a loophole. It's a really tough route to cover. That's yep. the reason they run it. And then the second one to Johnston was sort of very similar to what we talked about last week. We went in 10 minutes on dealing with just when you have yep. that type of quarters man coverage and what happens whenever you get a player that's able to basically exploit both levels and cause mm-hmm. that pass off or confusion between DBs. Yeah, it's the same uh the reason that Xavier Hutchinson ended up wide open, they, mm-hmm. they basically ran the same concept. The number two we receiver about inside. 10 minutes last yeah, week. Yeah, he runs a deep out, and that deep out, the DBs see it as a declaration. I mean, this guy's declared. Mm-hmm. He declared in my zone, which means now he's my guy in my zone. So Anthony Cook and uh, Terrence Brooks basically both take that deep out route. Yeah. And then they lead the number one receiver. He ran a post route wide yeah. open, just like Xavier Hutchinson. Like, how did he so wide open? Well, both of the guys, they assume this is my guy in pattern match zone. So you got basically one guy playing almost static zone. Yeah. Right? You got the corner playing static zone, mm-hmm. old school zone, where, no, this is my zone. I defend my zone. I, I let my guy go. I let guys go, and I defend the player that comes mm-hmm. into my zone. And then you have the safety playing pattern match, mm-hmm. where he's like, "No, no, no!" Once the guy declares my zone, I take him. So you got two guys playing two different types of coverage, essentially, and they don't communicate that to yeah. each other. Oh, and that's one where you have to. I mean, you don't have time to verbally do it. You have to mentally be on the same page. Got, scene. Exactly. And on, that's one where yeah. you almost have to have seen it on film and been like, "No, this is going to well, look did. like this." They yeah. saw it. How was they game? I know. And be, then they communicated. Should, you know, yeah, 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 they should but be talking before. It, it but it was a young corner. Though. Though, right, yep. that, that I was thinking it was Sean Jameson on that yep. one, and on this one, you got a young Different corner, players. exactly. So it's understandable, but yep. they took advantage of it, right? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this, I just want to get your opinion on it, and maybe it was just me overthinking and just having way too much time on my hands when I was driving home from the game. It is the and I think it's more of the latter. I was thinking, man, is the Gary Patterson, Pat Narduzzi pattern match cover for is that. Mm-hmm. Does there need to be some evolution to that that coverage scheme, or is it just hey, there's cover four beaters and there's cover three beaters and there's cover two beaters, and if you just call it at the right time, you're just you're just SOL. There's it's probably more the latter, but yeah. if you have players who are really in tune with the scheme and they play together and they have chemistry together. As Matt pointed out, there's great, you know, communication. You pass off those routes. Yeah. yeah and so that it, it does. I mean, guys are – you're right, there are beaters. But if you have a defense that is well-versed in that pattern match uh, scheme, they can they can pass off those routes. And certain routes they won't. So I'm like, no, no, this on this route, I, I'm keeping my guy. Yeah. And, he'll, and they'll be able to communicate that, and guys will know that. So – 
it all depends on the, the specific secondary, their skill set, how long they play together, um, but also, yeah, the offense they're going up against, how and dangerous that, those guys are. Because I, I think it, it, it sucks, man, those late switch routes yeah. where they're basically running eight yards downfield and then switching. You're like, man, that is – And they're using is, your own rules against they you. Are, exactly. They are. It's a loophole. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. And that's, right. It's where, like, you'll see that route beat players all the time. Yeah, Miami Dolphins are running page, a lot of it. But they just take one bad step. Yep. And all it, that's takes all it takes is one bad step yeah. in. Even if he would have recovered and gone back, then, it's man. still get behind. You. Yep, it's exactly right. It goes, it's just no different than our conversation about what the RPO has done to off-ball linebackers. It's exactly. This is another cheat code yeah. that the offense is figuring That's kind of what I figured. I was like, man, yeah. I think I'm just overthinking yeah. it. Yeah. But, but, I mean, that the, the key is pass rush, right? Yeah. All that. You, you can get – none of that matters. It's all a moot point if I can get to the opposing quarterback before they have these late switch routes or whatever it is. And that's why, going back to your point, hell, man, this should be blitzing more. Teams yeah. shouldn't have much time to see those routes develop downfield, even if Texas is screwing them up. In, in coverage. <laughs> and now, we saw the blitzes effect. That's exactly what happened. He had open receivers yeah. at other points, but he didn't have time to even find he them couldn't. because the, somebody was in his face within like two seconds. And he did blitz. They blitzed on that play. I mean, that, that mm-hmm. play where Quinn Johnson got the touchdown, they, they sent five, I believe. Um, and they, you know, Yeah, because I think Jade Barron was the blitzer on that. I believe it's Ford. Was it Ford? I think okay. Jade Barron fakes like he's going to blitz, and I believe he no, comes out okay. to coverage. Him and Overshawn come out to coverage. They like. It, it's a it, the coverage. Honestly, is so badly executed. It's hard to tell exactly what it is. I think it's pattern match cover four because the two corners bail out. They yeah, bail out and who bail who bail out, bails out in man coverage? You basically leave your inside leverage wide open, which they have done before. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah, I, I think it's I think it's pattern match cover four, but I could be off. So basically, just keep working at it and. At some point, I hope that you're just you've got a group that's done it long enough. It's pretty much new to them, right? Gary Patterson yeah. just got here, and that's yeah. one of his things that he brought in with him. Um, so it's kind of new to them. Uh, and I listen. I, I think it's the way to go, but they just need more experience in the system. They yeah, gotcha. And normally, like even in winning games, you still get beat a time or two. It's just yeah. that normally when you hold them to 17, you still can win the ball game. And Amen that to that, happen. brother. But Amen. the reason they did their job. The reason why I've been so hung up on the blitz <laughs> is after the. Uh, they play after Tech? Was it West Virginia? Yeah. Yep. Because they their blitz rate, Matt, that was the lowest they've had all year, right? Was the Tech game or second lowest? Uh, it was, yeah, the eighth most. It was 19%. 19%. Yeah, that yeah. was low. That was yeah. too low. Pass plays. Yeah. It was ULM was only 12.9%. And blitz then in ULM. you had uh, Kansas State was 17 and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the Tech game where they didn't blitz, they got pressure, but they didn't blitz. Yeah. Uh, you know, they blitzed against West Virginia, and I remember asking DeMarvion Overshone and Jalen Ford, like, yeah, we want to blitz. We're telling PK, hey, send us more, send, send us, us more. more we like blitzing. Yeah. Man, that's, your guys just get fired up when you blitz, and they respond to it. They'll just do – kind of just buy into – if your players want to do this, man, just try it and see if it works. And yep. so far it's worked, man. I just think this is a really good blitzing team, especially the guys up front. Yeah, players um, want to be aggressive. All right. Anybody – y'all got – anybody got anything else they want to say about the defense before – Um. Um, no, Baron Sorrell, Baron Sorrell, we should give some props. Yeah. I mean, he had a hell of a game. I think he three had, had three and a half tackles for loss, two, 11 tackles. Uh, he, he started out like a man yeah. possessed. He looked like a different person in the first quarter. He it was like, this is insane. Yeah, it, yeah. I was like, man, he's going to have one of these crazy, historically great games. I mean, he cooled off a little bit. Uh, Osai versus Oklahoma <laughs> yeah, State. Yeah, two yeah, years that kind ago. of stuff, right? But uh, he ended up uh, having a great game. But really, the whole defensive front, yeah. I mean, they, they were, I mean, they were the a dominant. The 11 group. plays, I believe there were six tackles for loss, which is just absurd. I believe they had eight in the first 18 plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. something crazy. It was, crazy it was right. So on track to what you said, it was crazy. Uh, most sacks Texas has had in the game five. That's the most since the uh, <laughs> Halloween went over Oklahoma State. That was the Joseph Osai 
walk-off sack in overtime. Oh, still yeah. Water. Still awesome. Uh, <laughs> and then 14 tackles for loss. That's the most since a 2016 game against Iowa State. You guys remember what that game was? That was the wristband Charlie game. Charlie Strong took over the play column. It was the wristband yeah. game, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. And Iowa State wasn't very good at the time either. Uh, that was Matt <laughs> Campbell's first year. Uh, all right, we've talked. We've delayed it long enough. Let's talk about the offense. Rod, I – and Can we talk about is, the suit first? Uh, Can we talk about the first L? Sark's Can we talk about the first L? Burger when, King bag suit. And when I said, yeah, we talk about this because now this is the second time that he's had a – so for these big games, right? He had the first Texas OU game for him. He's like, ooh. That was the white it. one? He broke, yeah, with the what racing stripe on the it? side. He got yeah. the ra- he's a big racing stripe guy on the side. <laughs> his pants. All the, the hell's going on there? And then this one, and uh, you know, the, the one in Texas OU one actually was a little stylish. Like that was, I was like, that's kind of clean, actually. So the stripes on the pants. It was clean, right? Uh, this one was not. This was a it's an ugly suit. Like seriously, like, it was just a bad, ugly suit. So number one, you got to be able to say, wifey, listen, I know you are the bum. You are hot. She's a she's nice. She's sexy, and she's got great fashion sense. But you got to be able to say, baby, no, 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 we got to be a little bit more subtle with this on this game day. Yeah. Nope, you came with it. You 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 broke out that suit like you had a hell of a game plan. Yeah. My thing was like Brown in his Johnny Cash suit. Yeah, you come out with a suit like that. I assumed I was like, okay, you may look like a clown, but you about to clown all y'all with this script. And what? You come out with a dud of a script? You a no-show like that? And then you wore that clown suit? You need to burn it like Frank Lucas did, that chinchilla coat in American Gangster. Burn it. And, <laughs> and it should be burned along with that damn Texas OU suit. Burn it, man. That's what I said after the game. I was yeah. like, is this like, uh, like you know, when yeah. Roddy, hey, well, you played a Lamar. You probably, you probably didn't experience this. But anytime you have a bad game and the coach is like, take the VHS tape, all right, we're burning the film, and you have the ceremony of burning the trash can. <laughs> what Sark needed to do in that team meeting Monday morning, just take the like, suit. Throw it in a fire barrel and just light game it up. Game plan, too. The yeah. whole game plan. Throw it yeah. all in there. Like, we ain't talking about TCU no more. <laughs> it's like the one time. At least Mac, for the offense. You always yeah. hear the story about Mac Brown literally having a funeral for a tape once and digging a hole in the ground. <laughs> no, no, no. Mac was. Mac it. was cheesy like that. He did stuff like he, that. He dug a hole. But it was symbolic. It. Yeah. It was at the practice field there down in Denise, <laughs> right outside the bubble. Uh, thank God we didn't have too many of them uh, situations with back yeah. here. But, yeah, for sorry. Tell that's the a, Mad Dog to go dig a hole for yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Mad Dog, but he wasn't digging no damn hole. Trust me. No. <laughs> uh, but that was the first L. Sorry, Sark. That's the first L. But then that game plan, you guys are right. It, it, is, it is not necessary because – Teams, look, if you watch the NFL and you watch enough college football, you'll see a terrible game plan probably 40% of the time. You're like, oh, this team definitely miscalculated. They screwed that up. But then half the time, that team will come back and win. Mm-hmm. Team that had a bad game plan to start. Uh, that, you know what I mean? Just because, as we know, Texas, just because you have a great game plan and you win the ballot game plan in preparation doesn't always mean you win the game. No. Because no. <laughs> Sark often doesn't. No, I'm going to start calling him Steven, too, because – he ain't, he ain't coaching like Sark anymore. You got to earn that nickname. Uh, I've been calling him Sark because he's been balling and he's got great game plans and he's he got a great script and his offensive acumen. Now, this week, because I think he's going to get back on track versus Kansas, he's Steven. That's why. I Coach go, Steven. Not I Coach Sark. Coach Steven, man. Brandon Sorry. for BJ. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you co- hey, Coach Steven. Uh, so, Coach Steven's game plan was, uh, was bad. And there's nothing wrong with that. My well, The reason I thought after that first – quarter that I was like Texas is going to lose this game because then we're depending on Steven to be an in, a great in-game adjuster and we yeah. all know that's not really his strong suit. He hasn't been great at that really all really since he's been here at Texas nope. and he wasn't going to win the the chess match within the game against Joe Gillespie and against Sonny Dykes. It just wasn't going to happen. 
So that's how I knew it was over. But I would say he did adjust. He did. He have some adjustments. Basically, came out thinking he was gonna bully TCU. He got yeah. bully ball. Came out with the six O line package. Came out with a wildcat package. Came out with twenty two personnel at times. Came out with you know two back sets. He yep. figured we're gonna push TCU around. We're gonna punk mm-hmm. TCU. TCU was like, uh, hell no. So TCU they actually moved Dylan Horton into like a tighter alignment because they wanted him going up against that freshman. And uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all see how that went down. Yeah. But I mean, that just goes. I mean, he's a freshman. That was just a smart move by them um, to try to get that matchup as much as possible. Uh, but then um, TCU started shooting gaps. Man, they were those linebackers from the second level were basically run blitzing early on, mm-hmm. and those linemen they didn't know where they were coming from. Yeah. So just when they think like, okay, I got this guy, I got that guy. Oh no, you don't. We got another guy shooting those gaps on those early downs. They could not figure it out. So we know teams. So they and they stacked the box a ton. I went back and looked at how many stacked the box. Probably six, stack or match the box for Texas. 70, 60% of the time. Yeah. They did it all the time. And they got corners that can match up on the outside. Mm-hmm. So that was their game plan, and it was a magnificent one. Forced Quinn Ewers to beat you. And Quinn Ewers can't beat you. Not and right that now. was where, like, even in the second half, some of the other adjustments that we saw from Sark just with the past game, like, was at least getting a little bit more patient and not going for just all the deep balls in the past. Like, we saw a lot more screens to Whittington. We saw a lot Found more. Found it too late, though, man. Well, yeah. no, agreed. Yeah, I, agree like, I, was, I was seeing at least they came at some point instead of in previous games this year when it was just no, you're right. nonstop. But, but, yeah, I agree. That was if Since we were talking about adjustments, I just noticed that. No, no, I, we don't talk about the adjustments. My point is you still got four quarters, man. It's like an SAT test, man. It's got, it's, it's got a time clock on it, all right? You ain't got all damn games to figure it out once you figure out in the first quarter that your game plan sucks throw it out yeah throw it out and go okay all right what are they doing to me and solve the problem what i say coaches are problem solvers you're taking too damn long to solve the problem listen if they are stacking the box against you right stacking the box or matching the box that means you have the numbers advantage where outside come on man how long did it take you to figure this out? you didn't give you didn't give jay witt his first target on those wide receiver screens to win in the second Maybe half, second it was like third, yeah, it's like mid third quarter yeah. or something. I said, "Come on, man! That's the, if the number you ain't got the numbers advantage in the box, the numbers advantage is somewhere else. It's outside, yeah. and they got two really good corners. Okay, well, I can't go to the number one receivers, but my guys in the slot can eat them up. And that's when Jay Witt started eating them up. They figured that out when JT Sanders he went to empty formation and figured that out late. That empty formation would stress the hell out of that three high three down. He figured out too late. It was four four in empty formation. That JT Sanders when they got down to the goal line, that was mm-hmm. empty formation. The one they started out early on in the second half to get X Man uh, that first down yeah. ten yard. That was empty formation he's figured it out but it was too late and, and once you figure out what works get gratuitous with it why the hell are you trying to all right let me be delicate let me let me try to uh let me, let me try to make sure i'm judicious with how i play this no no when oklahoma state found out they could beat you with a slant with the running back swings and a wide receiver screen that's all they ran they're yeah, like yeah. you know what we got three plays and our quarterback can only throw these three things texas can't defend it let's go over 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 and again that's it and texas you found out empty formation work why didn't you keep running it you found out the wide receiver screen work. Why didn't you put Bijan in the same position where Jay Witt was and mm-hmm. run the wide receiver screen with Bijan and target him, for him one time in the game? For him to have only 12, he had zero targets in the past game. Come on, man. For him to have zero, 12 intended touches, <laughs> is it, it's inexcusable. Yeah. It, yeah. That is my biggest, my biggest knock or whatever on Sark to this point in his tenure. 
the biggest game of the year. You control your own destiny for the Big 12 title. You got maybe the best offensive player in the country in your backfield, Crazy. and you can't attempt to get him the ball before more than 12 times. Crazy. Well, and in the passing game specifically, because you saw like the you know the run game wasn't working. You're getting z- it was 0.1 yards <laughs> before contact. You're getting 3.6 inches what are you doing? before the opposing team is hitting you, which is just befuddling because we've talked about all season long not only Texas holding the opponents to about less than two yards and again in this one is 1.7 per uh, rush for TCU so you weren't doing great but on the other end it was the first time that your O-line was getting pushed backwards and it wasn't something that's happened only in the second half exactly. it happened early Even from the and, jump and, from, that, and that's why like, I was happy seeing like in the second half whenever you're talking about going empty and putting Bijan outside of Worthy to get Worthy inside to maybe get some mismatches against a non-quarter because their corners weren't traveling with him. No. When he's in the slot, you were able – and that's when you first saw – but that, that didn't happen until third quarter, exactly. fourth quarter. And I think at that time, that's where the in-game adjustments – I think him on the sideline we need to see. Because, yeah, you can go in into half and maybe figure some stuff out, which they maybe did. We didn't see that, though, in-game, and that's a big He did try a fade, a slot fade with X-Men in the first half from empty formation. He did. Uh, He he was – and honestly, I think they put – they put, they put the corner on him. Yeah, travel, he they, traveled. He traveled in that play. He might have jumped. Because remember, he was, he was locked down. He was locked down. You remember this? Because y'all remember, he was, I mean, the dude, it was and, perfect. It was perfect in phase coverage. Yeah. I was looking back. I was like, damn, it was a look and lean. Yeah. You know what I'm looking lean? It was a perfect look and lean. It was like coaching film. And I was like, damn, he locked him down the slot like that. And it was a slot fade. So he tried it, and I think he figured out, all right, if I, if I spread these guys out, I just need to, be able to ide- tell Quinn to identify where the mismatch is, and it cleans up Quinn's looks yep. because they, they nobody is going to sacrifice their coverage responsibility for pre-snap shell disguise. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Nobody will ever do it. And in an empty formation, you're so stressed by the formation, you have to get your coverage responsibility. Nobody's no. Watch when teams play empty; they're not moving around. They're no. not trying to confuse yeah. the quarterback. No, no, I got to get to my damn position. So it cleans up the look for him, and it did. He was 4-4. He, he, was, he was perfect in the second half um, throwing an empty formation. And, and you should have ran more of that. Yep, and that's where, like, maybe the one, and I didn't and go back ran. and chart each specific play, but whenever you line up initially in empty, it gives the DBs time, like the corner, to travel in. But when I know whenever we motioned Bijan out uh, into you're empty, right. Great point. and when you motion them out into empty, they weren't traveling yes. in. You're correct and about that, I believe. When, yes. That's when you have to identify that stuff as a coach. And yes. it's like, okay, I can now put just motion out, and that means they aren't going to travel with no, Worthy. No, you're in, right. You're and right. Worthy's going to be on a mismatch. That is stuff that you need to take advantage I believe of you're correct. when you notice those patterns. I want to say in the second half, you're right about that. Because I didn't see they him did traveling. motion to yeah, yeah. It instead of just lining up. In and it. that's smart. But that's yeah. something that in game, like if you, in the first quarter, you got to play with that just to see what their tendencies are in those scenarios. That, even their runs, though, like you can mix up the design of your runs. Like they kept. There was a time where they kept trying to run outside zone. That's exactly what the three down three high wants you to do because they want what's their what they, what's their goal? They want to spill the ball, mm-hmm. and then what's the on top of that? As much as they run blitz, what's the one thing that'll kill his own run game? Penetration, Penetration will des- will destroy his own run game. Mm-hmm. It's got if you're gonna if you're gonna run the ball against the flyover defense, it's got to be tight. It's got to be downhill, and it's got to be fast. Yeah, they did want they they figured. Remember that toss he has? I believe honestly, I think 
I think in the first half, I'm not sure, it might have been at 22 personnel. They was it, into the, time. it was into the boundary, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. it was. But it gets to your point about it's got to be quick and it's got to go downhill. And this yes. is exactly what it did. It, it, it was quick hitting it downhill. I think they got like eight yards. Zone runs against that look, man. And it just takes like way too long game. to develop. Yeah, you know, no, you're right about that. And as fast as TCU is on defense, those those alleys, the the lanes, everything are they, just closing. They steal gaps really well. They yeah. really do with their alignment. Uh, they just steal gaps, man. You think it's open, but it's not. And to your point, Jeff, just to put numbers onto it, that Texas only is the first game I remember seeing almost twice the amount of gap scheme runs to zone scheme runs. It was 11 gap to 6 zone, and overall for Bijan, it was 7 gap for 5 zone. Roshan was 4-1. to one. Yeah. It's just that, you know, like I said, I Sark so at least did, they did that. Sark did make the adjustments. Like I said, there was empty formation success in the second half. Uh, he ran more three-by-one alignments. I went and started tracking those because that also stresses the three-high, three-down. Three-by-one sets or quads or even your empty, which is basically three-by-two sets. Mm-hmm. Really stress it out. So he did increase his three-by-one sets as well. He went is basically went from, you know, uh, three-by-one sets. I think they had close to like 10 or 12 of those in the first half. But in the second half, he had a ton more. He doubled it up, probably a 50% increase in the second half. So the three-by-one sets also helped him out too, especially in the passing alignments because they it stresses out that defense and it forces them to almost reveal what coverage they're in, cleans up the look for the quarterback. Yep. And what Sark should have done, though, once he learned that that, that Jay Witt, man, that wide receiver screen was working, because it's a numbers advantage thing, mm-hmm. right? They were, they were they're going to pack the box. you got the numbers advantage on the outside. Once And, and by the way, he tried to run that same wide receiver screen concept with X-Man. It wasn't working because X-Man, he's not a running back like Jay Wood no. is once he yeah. gets oh, the ball in his hands. Jay knew how so, to set him yeah, up and did. make a guy miss every time he used their yeah. own pursuit against them. The little running back came yep. out in when he when he would get the ball mm-hmm. in his hands. So it was almost a perfect situation where you could basically displace the running game out there on the perimeter. Uh, so once he found that out, man, put Bijan there. Yep. Yeah. Find a way to get Bijan in there with that that screen and just have and, have, and then have Bijan in the slot. I'm thinking Iowa State, Bijan right down the scene. Remember mm-hmm. when he caught that great pass down the scene right yep. before half? I'm thinking like, man, once you learn that you can you can work with it and I you can work with the three by one sets, you can work with empty. That's when you figure out a way to force feed the football to Bijan in that way. And by the way, they ran the ball out of empty formation in the first half. It was yeah. a handoff to Rojo coming on the jet sweep. So don't act like you don't know you can run the ball yeah. in that set as well. He just didn't get creative, and he didn't, he didn't figure it out in time. Yep, yeah. and all of those 12 touches only went for 29 yards in the run game for Bijan, and that's why, though, we really just would have loved to see him get it to him in the mm-hmm. past game. Bijan's averaging 16.5 yards per reception on the season, and I know all the Texas fans were like, whoa, there's uh, that one play, the wheel route, whenever he was up in. But oh, in that man. play was one where I think the progressions just worked against Ewers. That if you look at Ewers, it was a short down and distance. He starts with his progressions across, and then he sees the tight end crossing his face open that. and needs to throw it in. The thing is, is if he waits a half a second longer or is a little bit late, he then sees Bijan, who is his next progression, behind the guy wide open for a touchdown. But I think Quinn just understood the down and distance and was just saw a guy open, need to move the chains through it before he would have then seen Bijan mm-hmm. for the touchdown. Right. Big, big picture on Sark as a play caller. Um, I heard, Rod, you talking about this on the pregame on my way in, and I, I agree with it, and I've been trying to – been trying to figure out uh just kind of where where to where I reside on Sark, where I stand on Sark. Because we talked about him as a play caller and everything else. Yeah. 
I think Sark is an elite play designer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he is an elite offensive coordinator from the standpoint that the those signature concepts, the signatures of his offense, they work. It's a good. It's a good offense. Yeah, I agree with this. Well, I'm 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 with you, Rod. I'm finally with you. Steve Sarkeesian right now is not an elite play caller. No, because to be a play caller, you have to have feel for the game. You have to like there has to be an understanding. And and look. I know you could take press conference quotes for for whatever they're worth, but when Sark says yesterday, Sark says on Monday, when he says, "Well, in, in fairness to Quinn, he was talking. About, he was asked about Quinn locking on to Xavier Worthy. He said, well, in fairness to Quinn, Quinn's throwing the ball where it's designed to go. To your point, Rod, then clean up the look for him. Right? Streamline it. <laughs> if he's having trouble going through progressions, make it e- help your guy out." Or have some, yeah, throws that have yeah. other guys as high elite, percentage like throws, like a we few Bijan, where Bijan's the intended receiver instead of being just the third or fourth or a check down option. Yeah, we have talked ad nauseum about the ways you can help a young oh, quarterback yeah. out, oh, yeah. and it's not, it's different. It's different from like, let's say when Tom Herman had Sam Ellinger, right? Mm-hmm. It's different with Sam because when you got a quarterback like Sam, how do you help that young quarterback? Let him run the football. Maybe that gives him some confidence. Get him back. in the groove, yeah. Yeah, but you can't do that with Quinn. Nope. Nope. And they didn't. I didn't see any. They didn't have any running back screens. Uh, Keelan Robinson didn't get a touch. The only time he touched the ball was on the kickoff return. Yeah. No, it's it's it, you know it it it's I don't know. Listen, I think Sark is a quality offensive mind. Yeah. But he has an obsession, and uh, now almost a borderline fetish, with deep vertical shots and completions downfield. He's yep. a big game hunter. I've told you guys this before. People didn't want to believe me, but I'm telling we you. Saw now, now more people started to go, man, Rob, I think you're right. Yeah. He's a big game hunter, and he doesn't like small game. No. Yeah. Defensive coordinators know now, don't play the hand. Play the man. He's going he's to – if he ain't getting that – he's like – uh, what's the Dave Chappelle, Tyrone Biggums, the Dave yeah. Chappelle character, <laughs> yeah. the one of the, the crackhead? Yeah. That is Sark for deep shots. If yeah. he ain't getting, he's going to chase it. I want that deep shot, baby. Yeah. I need it. I need it. He needs it, dog. Yeah. He needs it bad. He really does. Yeah. If, and he, if he don't get it, he's going to chase it the whole game. You can give him the underneath. He ain't going to take it. No. And he if gonna, you he look- don't want it. He don't want. He, he sees it as an insult to him to take yeah. that to take it underneath stuff, take a small game. He wants the deep shot. It validates him. It validates his play calling, um, acumen, and prowess. When he doesn't get it, he's an insecure play caller. He's a different play caller altogether. And he gets a little erratic, and he gets anxious, and he's definitely impatient. And to me, I think defensive coordinators are starting to figure out he's going to chase that deep shot, and particularly he's going to chase it with X-Men. So the blueprint is out on Texas and Sark. Stop the run. Sell out to stop the run. Double X-Men on passing downs. And force Quinn Ewers to beat you. And about Sark, just take away his deep shots. He's a big game hunter. Give him underneath. He ain't gonna take it. Yeah, he's not you, gonna encourage his yeah. quarterback to take it. And if you look at the usage <laughs> he that won't. Nah. And he, he just used. He told y'all media the other day, I'm gonna keep taking my deep shots. That's crackhead stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. That is the definition of insanity. Is what Trying doing the same it. thing over and over again, expecting different results. Dude, the same hubris and arrogance that we accused Tom Herman of, you're seeing it now. And, and, and by the way. I'm going to give you the ultimate insult, Steven. Your offense ain't quarterback friendly. Sorry, it ain't. It ain't a quarterback friendly offense. Look at his quarterback. He's going to cry on the sideline, dog. His quarterback's about to cry on the sideline. That is not a quarterback friendly offense. That quarterback does not look confident or comfortable in that system. Yeah, right so now, like, like Lincoln Riley said, if your, if your offense ain't a quarterback friendly offense, you need to get a new offense. So, Sark, 
I know it's your offense and you don't want to change it, but what do we always say in the modern football game, in the, whether it be NFL or college, if you're not willing to adapt your offense around the skill set of your quarterback, dude, you're a dinosaur. Yeah. And are we looking at one? Possibly. Yeah, something like he, 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 I know, I know everybody thinks he's new age and progressive because of all the concepts, yeah. But look, look how stubborn he is just about simplifying the offense for a quarterback who's obviously drowning. Yeah. Your quarterback is drowning, Sark, and you're the only one who can't see it. You have these ro- you have these burnt orange colored glasses for him. You're like a woman who can't see that her man is a D-bag and an A-hole because she has these, this beautiful perception of him, oh, that he's such a great man. And everybody in our life is trying to tell her, girl, he's a D-bag. Yeah. He's an A-hole. You think Quinn Ewers is still the top-rated quarterback of top three-rated quarterback of all time and that he's the guy with the golden order. We saw in the first quarter versus Bama and we saw versus Oklahoma. He's not that quarterback right now. No, he's not. He's not, Sark. Right so now. you all you all you see is the Bama first quarter quarterback and the quarterback versus Oklahoma. That's that all you see impression. right now. You can't see anything else. But the reality in your face right now, Sark, is that that quarterback is not the same. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not having a benching conversation because you know what? He's not going to bench him, guys. No, that's no. where I'm at. It's never going to happen. If it didn't happen, if it didn't happen, I, and I look, never. and I it's still wouldn't water. even want him to. But in it's this not, situation, if, if it's not going to happen. Then change the offense to make it simpler for him. And we talked about and it. You know, the young quarterback right mind that it, it seems like Sark goes Crazy. back to his young quarterback mind as a player, and you could see like him talking about wanting that verticality, going and getting a guy like Nayor. And if you even look at the different players at Bama, his usage, look at Devonta Smith, look at Jalen Waddle, those guys in the NFL, they can do everything. They aren't just deep threat guys. But when they're at Alabama, those guys were going vertical. Like Jalen Waddle's one of the best receivers in all of football within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. When he gets to the mm-hmm. NFL, he's totally different than the way he was used there at Bama. Like I said, you can't call him an elite play caller right now just because elite play callers figure out. Like, they have a feel for I the hate, game I hate to make this sound like a Lincoln Riley love fest, but go back to the Texas OU game last year. We talked about it. Lincoln Riley figured out real quick that my game plan sucks. Like Joe we're Green. we're down <laughs> we're down big. Um, Orlando, he basically, I'm with you on that. It was great. You're right. Because remember, play. like they try, they're like true through that. What was it like the the reverse pass to Jeremiah Hall down the field, and then like, like dude, Lincoln Riley's struggling, desperate. Like yeah. he knows he's got to hit a kill shot at some yeah. point to get himself back into. But that's what you do. But he benched his quarterback too, though. He did. He's like, I gotta do some. I'm benching my quarterback. You know why he did that? Because he was desperate for a win. And I'll say this. Listen, I'm not – I think Sark can go end up winning eight games and then we can consider this season because this team is definitely better and then potentially consider it a success. Yeah. But there's no question he's not desperate for a win. Coaches who are desperate for wins, and they got a quarterback they think could provide a spark for a team, they take that chance. They do. We've seen Mike Gundy do it. We've seen we've – seen, you talk about Lincoln Riley. He did it. I've seen Hill Kate Klubnick with Dabo just recently, a couple of weeks ago. I think, I think today's we're recording this. It was 19 years ago on this day. Mac bench Vince Young in the game and put Chance Mock in. I played with Sims and Applewhite. Hell, they both end up getting benched at times. Yeah. That's just the way it goes. Nobody's above it because you know what that coach trying to get? That dub. I'm trying to get that win. If I'm close, if I think I can get a chance to get that win, I'll do anything for it. I'll bench anybody for it. I'll play anybody for yeah. it. Sark is telling you right now he is willing to sacrifice a win today 
for potential wins in the future. Yeah. He's saying, but the greater good of this university rests on the arm of Quinn Ewers. And I'm going I'm going to sacrifice a win today, potentially, yeah, because maybe I'll put a Hudson card in there, or maybe I can change my offense a little bit. But that may actually limit Quinn Ewers. Yeah, I could win a game today, but it would limit Quinn Ewers, potentially limit the ceiling and the future of Texas football, in my opinion. Not my opinion, but I'm Sark right now. I'm Steven, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and he's saying, I'm going to sacrifice a win today. Mm-hmm. But you guys watch. In a couple of years, you're going to be praising me for doing so because I'm going to help us reach our true potential. Maybe that's true. But the truth is also, you're not desperate for a win, and you are really comfortable. Yeah. You got, you got a lot of job security to do that. Yeah. To pass up a chance to get a dub? <laughs> As it relates to Quinn Rod, I'm with you, and I said this after the Oklahoma State game. I, I wasn't I wasn't necessarily screaming for Hudson Carr to come in that game because at least you had the lead, and at least you could, like, look, Bijan ran for, what, 140 that day or whatever it yeah, was? Yeah, let them take like, Bijan away. Yeah. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll forgive it. But at this point, Saturday night, I was like, man, you got nothing right now. Like, just – even and Rod, you've been there. Like we've all seen this. Whatever sport you watch, whatever sport you played, it's maybe sometimes you were that guy where the coach says, "Look, you just need to sit over here with me and watch for a little bit, man, mm-hmm. and let Hudson Card have a drive, like just just to just to let Quinn get over there and catch his breath, where you can talk to him and say, "Look, you just need to kind of just let it slow down. Yep. You're gonna be fine. Exactly. I'm not. You're I haven't lost confidence in you. You're still my, tell him you're my guy. Yeah. Tell him like, you're my guy. Yeah. Just so you know, I'm, the reason he's playing is I said, I want to talk to you. And that's another problem, too. Uh, and I'll give you Hogan credit because we were talking about this at the uh, Cowboys watch party the other day. Man, Quinn needs somebody on that sideline to talk to. You know, it reminds me of when PK was in the booth, uh, you know, last year. Um, and I, I I, believe, you know, I'm not, I don't know for sure, but I believe GP probably had a talk with him like, man, you might need to get down there and see, you, see your guys face to face. Look him in the eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? Talk to him. I mean, it helps. Trust me. It does help to have your coach right there with you, you know what I mean, yeah. to encourage you or to give you that support or to give you that little criticism on the sidelines. You guys can talk about it. Uh, Quinn, you was on that phone. Woo. Damn. I'm, it hurt me as a Texas fan. I was like, ooh. He looks like he's. he looks like he needs some support there. Yeah. A.J. Milwee's up top. Sark's on a too busy head coach, and he can't do that for you. And it's just, it's just Quinn on the sideline, lost, insecure, uh, not confident, uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm like, could somebody please pull him over to the side and comfort him? Put your arm around again. Some people are like, that's ridiculous. Like, no, he needs somebody to talk to him because he looks lost, literally and figuratively. And just him on that phone, I don't think it's doing the, I don't think it's doing the trick. And Sark ain't got time. This part of being a head coach and not an OC. Exactly. You, you ain't got time. You talk to enough guys that have played that position, man, you – you can lose confidence there real quick, and it doesn't mean you've lost it forever. No, but man, there's some games where you realize real quick you ain't got it today. You ain't got it today. It's no different than like name me any great pitcher in baseball: Roger Clemens, Nolan Ryan, whoever. Pedro Martinez. Go down the list, man. They all have that one outing where it's like one and a third, and you get shelled. And it's like just didn't have it today. Yeah, I had, I had nothing. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know, AJ Miller. Y'all might need to. And at that point, the manager's got to make the decision. Look, you're still my guy, but. I'm, I'm not letting you give up 45 runs today. You need to come take a seat over here. And that's why Longhorn fans, listen, because to me, listen, I, I'm not, I think Quinn is the future. There's no question about it. I think we all know that. But, man, it you're you're essentially saying this guy's bigger than the program because, nope. <laughs> that's that's why Mac Vince, Vince Young. Yeah. Like, sorry, yeah. Vince, we got to get this dub, baby. We love you, and you're going to be awesome. Don't get the dub, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, that's the reality not of it. your day. Yeah. Sims, you're, you're great, man. You're the number one player in the country. I'm going to just sell this bench though real quick because you just ain't got it today. Hey, Major, you can win this game? You're damn right I can. Let's go try to win this game. 
Yeah. And, every, and you know what? Everybody, the guy getting biscuits, he's like, yeah, man, you got to win the game. Because everybody gets that. So, and, and listen, I know Quinn's awesome. He's great. But, Sark, watch. You tell you're building a culture. It's hard to build a meritocracy when you're letting guys play who aren't producing. Especially when there's a guy behind them potentially that can produce to help you get the dub. So I'm not saying it's the it's the wrong decision, but I'm just saying it, it's hard to build a meritocracy that way. Oh yeah. no, it, the best player plays, all right, and productivity is what matters around here. And except I'm, for you, except for my boy here. Though. And I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm I'm just saying, I'm gonna stop <laughs> talking about it. I'm gonna stop talking about it because there's no point in talking about it. Yeah, he's not unless Quinn's hurt, he's not coming out of the game. Never. No, it's never happened. If you didn't pull him Saturday, you're not pulling him. No, he's telling you. He's telling you this guy's never going to be benched. Not, and I'm not saying I want I want to be benched at all because I think I actually agree more with Sark about letting him play. Mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you, uh, Robbie always does, the way it is. Yeah. This is the reality. This and is I, what he's telling you. On this, I agree. And normally, Rod, I try to play contrarian or I'll do devil's advocate or throwing something. I ain't throwing in nothing on that. I'm with you 100% because the eye test tells me that. Yeah. He's telling you right now, like, dang, now you never mention this. Um, well, and the one thing I entered my mind was, well, has, Quint, has Hudson played in more than four games? But he's played in five. So he's the, the red shirt's out of the no, window. No, he's played in every game. He's the holder on PATs and field goals. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I was thinking about, about yeah. the passer. Like the tower, he's played yeah. in all 10 games. Yeah, so, yeah. so I so just wanted to make sure that's not an option if people we're thinking about and it. And he seems healthy because he's And even I, said, even I said, maybe that ankle really, I know it was worse than what anybody let on publicly, but as somebody said, well, if he's that hurt to not play, how is he well enough to, it's not like you're a free from injury being a holder on PATs and field goals. Oh, squatting mm-hmm. down hurts a bad ankle. It's a great point. And if you have a bad snap, then you gotta, got you know, fire, fire, yeah, fire, 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 Listen, we know what it is, okay? Yeah. We yeah. know what it is. And he was hired to make these decisions. Yep. Yes, okay. we can agree. We can agree to disagree. Yes, real quick, um, Rod. I, 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 we don't have enough time to get into this. Maybe we'll have to maybe carry this over next week because Kansas doesn't run the flyover defense. So even though maybe this, I don't know, maybe this week they're putting in I some know, pretty safety say, stuff. I put it in. <laughs> um, I don't think it's that Sark. I don't. I don't think it's that Sark can't figure out the flyover because he's had success against it. Yeah. Oklahoma State, K State. Mm-hmm. I think he's too impatient to. Have success, sustained success over a whole game with it. Yeah, exactly. That's I, where I'm at on. I totally it. agree with you. Yeah, because the flyover is going to force you to to take the small game. Yes. You got to take the small game, and he ain't taking small game. He wants that big game, and basically, it'll, it'll it's going to cost you over the course of a game taking those shots against that three high. It'll cost you probably picks uh, or lost downs, whatever it is, it's going to cost you. You behind the chains, whatever it is. And for Sark, I think you're right. I think uh, his. His mentality often is a bad matchup with the three high, three down. Yeah. Not necessarily his scheme. It's his mentality. But then, they, <laughs> yes. but that's why the coordinators that run that three high stuff, that goes back to your theory, play the man, not the hand. Yeah. And it's you also why. You keep chugging them deep shots. Yeah. Exactly. And that's yeah. why I think it also maybe wouldn't matter if you brought in the other quarterback or not because he would be doing it with a guy that doesn't even have as good of an arm to be doing those but things. But technically, Hudson Carter has actually been He's more been better. productive and effective throwing the deep ball. Y'all didn't like his deep ball, but. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, his numbers against West yeah, Virginia so were better. Like, so if you're going to that, then actually, yeah, it probably would pay off because he's been better. Against the lesser opponents, but yes, you're I kind of wanted to get into the topic of Quinn's footwork this week, but we don't have time. Uh, Quinn said he's gotten lazy with it and he needs to improve it. I know people say, well, Sark said it was fine. No, that was Sark giving you like a four-word answer letting Defending you know, I don't want dis- to discuss that question mm. in this public forum in front of everybody. I get that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, but you're right. He's doing a good job. He's doing a good job. That's Sark's answer when he doesn't want to talk about something. 
<laughs> that's like when George W. Uh, was talking about like the FEMA director. Heck, heck of a job, Brownie. Because <laughs> when you like, no, 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 I've noticed not. that when we ask when we ask Sark in a Zoom call or in a press conference about a player, and it's a play, it's or or something, or yeah, I think it's going well, and that's it. That's the. I was like, okay, Sark doesn't want to talk he about definitely that. Definitely don't want to talk about it. No, you're right. He definitely doesn't. But if if Quinn admitted, I'm glad Quinn is at least introspective enough to go. Yeah, I got to clean that up. Which yeah. makes me feel like he had a bad night, but. He can get the confidence back because I'm telling you, Kansas really good on offense, and there's a report out that Jalen Daniels isn't going to play. Yeah. And I was told by somebody who would know that expect that report to be true. Versus Texas, yes. of course he's going to play. Um, as good as Kansas is on offense, man, they're equally bad on defense. They're, they will give up a ton. They want to shoot out. I yeah. said the same that's, thing that's, about that's TCU last hope. week. I did. That's true. Good point. Yeah, we did. Well, yes, no, this it. is a really bad Kansas one. I agree. True. The Texas should be able to put up never-ending scores. Yeah. Yeah. But they're also playing one hell of a potent offense, hybriding as an option offense they that do. is insanely it's a, mul- it's a multiple option offense. Like people say triple yeah. option, I, I think it's more than three oh, options. Oh, it is. For sure. <laughs> it I've seen the insane plays. They have some triple option principles, but, but have you watched them, Rod? Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched them earlier this year. When Jaden Downs was healthy, I was watching them. They're. Tough it's, to stop. it's fun to watch, man. They do some neat. They do some neat stuff. It's man. like yeah. you have some people drawing some stuff in the dirt you've never seen before. Like I, I, some of the throwback stuff. Like there would be like you said a halfback, the fullback dive, a running option to the left, and throwback to yeah. the tight end. Yeah, no, it's gonna be dis- It'll be a lot of uh, burden on the linebackers, but Texas linebackers actually been playing well. Eye control is the eye discipline. One of my no doubt, brother. Week. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. We, uh, we got to wrap it up right there. Matt, thanks for everything, man. Thank you, man. Rod, we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For me- Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104-9-1-0-1-9-AM-1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, uh, where you can hear uh, Rod B. and Mike Harts each and every weekday on Ball Don't Lie from 3 to 7. Seamus Blood. You can also get myself and Craig Way each and every weekday on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. Thanks to Matt. Get all of our archives. Our classic interviews and shows are available on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcast. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button to get every episode of the Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. 
sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.